Having a food blog isn't about just creating random recipe posts. Your food blog can become an incredible resource for your readers. In today's episode, I'm chatting with a food blogger who built a resource website with her audience in mind, plus she learned how to guide them through a journey on her website. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume, and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode this week of the podcast. This is a really exciting episode because I always love when I'm able to feature our clients and interview them and get them to be able to tell their stories. And I think this episode is going to be particularly interesting to anyone who has felt like they don't quite know who their audience is or how to serve them in the right way. Our client who I'm going to be interviewing in just a few minutes is going to talk a lot about her experience of really diving into knowing her audience and figuring out a very specific way to serve them. But before we dive into this week's content and sharing this interview with our client and I will do her official introduction, let me first just welcome you once again to the podcast, whether you have been listening for a long time or whether this is your very first episode. My name is Madison Wetherill. I'm the founder and CEO over here at Grace and Vine Studios, and we love to support our clients in building custom websites and brands. For those food bloggers who are looking to take their business to the next level and they're looking to make a bigger impact with their food blog. Before I dive into our client Stephanie's official bio, I want to just give a preface when you listen to this episode that I really want you to think about how you can apply the things that Stephanie talks about that she learned through her redesign process to your own food blog. Stephanie has a background as a nutritionist, and so she's going to talk about how she used to work with clients one-on-one, how she had a nutrition program that she sold in the past, but I think the lessons that she learned can still be completely applied to you, even if you don't have those one-to-one services or those programs. And I would just caution you to not think that these are things specific to her niche either. And I talk about that in the episode later on, how so many of the things that she realized and that she went through are very applicable to any food blogger out there. But I just want you to hear that before I give her introduction, because with Stephanie's background specifically, you might be tempted to think that some of these lessons are because of her niche, but I promise you, if you listen to the stories that she tells and the things that she learned and apply them to you as a food blogger, you are going to gain just so much wisdom from Stephanie's journey. So let's dive into introducing our guest today. Stephanie Kay, also known as Red, is a registered holistic nutritionist with a passion for food and fitness. Steph's approach to nutrition is simple. She believes in real food and real talk. With her no-nonsense approach, Steph shares her passion for health and nutrition through her website, knutrition.com, and her social media channels. Her goal is to disrupt the way that women look at food, empower them to create sustainable habits, and to recognize that real food is the simplest way to create a healthy lifestyle while having a whole lot of fun along the way. 
Well, this episode is going to be a lot of fun for you to listen to as well, and I can't wait for you guys to meet Steph, so let's go ahead and cut to the interview. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the Vine Podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today and talk all about your blogging journey, so why don't you start by just introducing yourself quickly and just share us a little, share with us a little bit about your blogging journey so far. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Uh, so my name is Stephanie K, uh, nicknamed Steph or Red. I'm a redhead in case you can't see me visually. Uh, so I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. That's a Canadian designation. Um, and I started, I'm going to say I started blogging in air quotes in 2014. Uh, so how I originally started my business um, was actually a one-on-one clinical practice. So I worked worked in a naturopathic office and a couple gyms in my local area when I was living in Canada. And that's actually how I started my business. It was to work one-on-one with clients and help them with their nutrition to reach their goals, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, and when I originally built my website in 2014, it was really just a few pages to um, get people to come see me and book consults with me. So, you know, a little about me section, you know, a couple pages about the different services that I offered. Uh, and very quickly when I started working one-on-one with people, I started realizing that people needed more resources. You know, we would sit down in the office or in the gym for 30 minutes, an hour, and I'd make suggestions like, oh, maybe you can make chicken for dinner or, or hard boil some eggs or, you know, here are some, you know, no cook protein sources. And, you know, I would give them a handout maybe, or I didn't have a handout on everything I was talking about. And I quickly realized, okay, I need to start putting this stuff on my website uh, in a blog format. So it's easier for people to access. Uh, And that's really how my, my blog started. It started kind of in a roundabout way in that sense. And over the past, whatever, nine years, I guess it is, Um, I gradually turned my business into more of an online business. And I, uh, in the process, stepped away from working with people one-on-one. I ended up running a online nutrition program and at the same time, really started expanding my blog resources with different articles on different nutrition topics and recipes. And, you know, fast forward to 2023, now I'm really 100% online business and I'm really shifting to you know, just strictly being a blog and not do, I no longer do one-on-one consults and I'm kind of in the process of phasing out my, my program, which I'm sure we can talk about, but yeah, that's kind of been in the past nine years, the, the very short version of the long story as to how I got here. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And I love hearing just like how you got started, because I think for a lot of food bloggers, the like blogging is, it's something that you kind of stumble upon. And then it's like, something starts to work or it takes off and then it's like, oh, this is a thing. So I guess what was that like moment for you or moments where you realized like that you could shift your business from being that like one-on-one, you know, working with somebody to having kind of this like global audience of people who were accessing your resources and benefiting from your content? Yeah, it really happened in in phases. And to your point, I I 100% 100 just stumbled into this, um, like so many bloggers do. So when I originally started sharing resources online, you know, be it recipes or articles, I would share them on my Facebook page or my Instagram, which was really just to 
was like a marketing tool to drive local people. I was living in Ottawa in, at the time to drive them into the clinic to see me, you know, but then maybe people would start following me from other places. Again, at the time it was really small, um, you know, but just friends of friends would start following me. And I started to kind of be like, oh, this is like kind of picking up speed a little bit. And it was around that point when I started thinking, okay, I, I honestly, I did start realizing that one-on-one -on -one coaching in a clinical setting was just not for me. Um, it just wasn't what I, it just wasn't what I wanted for myself. And while I enjoyed it for to some extent, it just wasn't, wasn't the right fit for me. So then I started kind of noodling around with this idea of like, maybe I could do my consulting services or um, run my program 100% online. So at that point, I started to pay a lot more attention to how I was sharing articles and sharing recipes online 100% as a marketing tool. They were not awesome, optimized. Nothing was SEO friendly. It was just me sitting down, writing a blog post. There were no ads on my website, nothing, just sharing it that way. And it was strictly as a tool to sell my program. Um, eventually I started thinking about different ways that I could market these articles that I was writing, knowing that, okay, well now my program's online. Maybe I can reach people from outside of my city or my province or my country. So the first step I actually took was taking a Pinterest course. Um, I know a lot of bloggers took that one back in the day with Melissa Griffin and that started driving so much traffic to my website and it started to open my eyes about just like blogging in general and how it works and what why people actually share recipes online you know I was so naive at the time I was like oh these people are so nice they're sharing free recipes not knowing that you can make money off of sharing this content right uh, so really it's just started as a marketing tool to um, sell my, uh, excuse me, to sell my program. Yeah. And eventually, honestly, not that long ago, I think it was about, I'm getting all mixed up with my years now, but, um, probably around 2018, 2019, um, I decided, okay, maybe there's a little bit more for me here in terms of a revenue stream. And to be frank, when I was selling my nutrition program, I was very, I wanted to be very generous with my content and really prioritize, um, selling my program so that and not put ads on my site strictly because I just wanted users to have like a really clean experience and just have them feel like I was give give giving to them in terms of free content and the thing that I wanted from them was not to see ads or anything like that I just wanted them to buy my program long story short that ends up evolving obviously there's a lot more money to be made one could argue in the ad revenue side of things when it comes to blogging and I just said you know what let me give this a try and then I started putting, you know, some ads on my site. And from there, um, it really just evolved and grew. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's kind of when I started feeling like, okay, maybe there's more here in terms of this blogging thing. And I really started to deep, deep dive. I would say, I say deep dive, scratch the surface dive into things like, what is SEO? How do you write things? Like, what are tags? What's an H1? All these little things. And it was around that point, uh, yeah, 20, 2018, 2019, when I said, okay, there's something, you know, there's something bigger here. And at that point, I really, it was about 50-50 my time in terms of trying to build my blog through the recipes and the articles and ad revenue. And another 50% of my time was done selling my program, running my program and my revenue coming from there. That's really interesting to hear because I think a lot of people who maybe are outside of the blogging world think that like give, give, giving, you know, all this free content is like really helpful for people. And they don't realize that that can be 
one avenue of like serving your audience. But what I'm guessing happened and what I what I know happened through like your experience is that you started to realize you could help more people and maybe even a different type of people through your content than maybe who were ready for like your program or something like that. Was that kind of the case of what happened? Yes, absolutely. That's actually probably a better way of explaining it. Uh, yeah, is yeah. And yeah, I think to put it simply, not everyone's uh, ready for, willing to, or even needs to make an investment in terms of, you know, booking a one-on-one consult, consult with a nutritionist or taking an online program, right? Like some people are just looking for bits of information. Maybe they're more advanced and they just want some recipes, or maybe they're just getting started and they're totally overwhelmed and they want a really simple article on like, how do you make a balanced meal? How do you read a label? Right? So it's realizing like, okay, I had this like very specific target market that I was working towards originally, but yeah, to your point, there's a much, maybe there's a much greater audience that I can reach and a lot more people that I can help with this content that I'm in, that I am sharing and creating. Yeah. And I think that's a really great like segue for us to talk about your audience because That was one of the things that stood out the most to me during our process of working together is kind of, and it's interesting as you're talking about this, I'm realizing like it seems a little counterintuitive because for most people we talk about niching down and like focusing in more. But for you, you went from this like super niche program to actually expanding a little bit to be able to reach more people. But something that I think was really interesting and I'll let you kind of share about it is that you and I realized together through our strategy call that your audience is a little bit different in the way that you reach them. So do you want to kind of like explain a little bit, maybe how you used to view your audience versus like how you do now after kind of working through um, that process together? And I'll explain, I'll I'll plug the holes where I need to. Yeah. Yeah. That's completely fine with me. Uh, Yeah. um, I guess early on my audience was super a narrowly focused geographically And in terms of their interests, who they were, it was very specific, female of a certain age bracket, a certain income bracket, and definitely a certain location because I was working in person and that's who everything was tailored to. Um, And it was also of a very um, specific um, health goal. So especially when I was working in a clinical setting, it was a lot of people with um, allergies they were trying to figure out, digestive issues, you know, and a bit more tailored dietary information in that sense. Um, but for me specifically, if I just take a step back, even in terms of my own passion, my own passion is not, I don't have personally have any allergies, nothing wrong with having allergies. I just don't personally have any of them. And for me, I'm just way more interested in, you know, talking about real food, the importance of it, keeping things simple and, um, really just talking about factual information. I'm kind of like a no, I take a no nonsense approach to nutrition. I'm just like, this is, this is the way it is. You don't, don't worry about those things. Like let's no detox docs, detoxes and cleanses kind of stuff. Um, and as you know, as I was really thinking about my website, um, it was this interesting moment where I was kind of realizing that while there is like one demographic that I try and focus on, the the people who are in that demographic are coming to my website at different stages is in their journey i think is the easiest way to explain it so while there's you know like one person you know she's a female of a certain age you know certain income level certain household um and that is the person i'm trying to target depending on who that exact person is they might be coming to my website at i'll just use like 
beginner and advanced and intermediate for lack of better description at like the very beginning stages of her health and wellness and nutrition journey, you know, maybe the middle stages or the more advanced stages. And it's kind of like, it's the same person. Um, but the phase that that person is in terms of their health and whatever their specific goal is for them can look a little different. So it was really like important to me that, and in working with you that we kind of figured out that making sure that I am serving that individual at every single phase of their journey. So for example, um, you know, I want to make sure that I have articles that are, you know, more beginner for lack of better description, you know, something simple, like an article about how to read a nutrition label, how to make a balanced meal, what is protein, what is carbohydrate, like really keeping a bit more straightforward and simple. Um, And then for that same person having recipes that are super simple, like 30 minutes, minimal ingredients, you know, nothing weird, like I'm not going to include Harissa because that person's not going to know where it is or where to find it. Right. Um, And even in my blog posts, as I'm writing them now, which has been like the next step is when I'm writing those recipes, being very clear in terms of like, I made this recipe for this reason. And, you know, this is the carbohydrate, the protein, the fat in this recipe. And if you want to make it higher in fiber, you can do this and really like breaking it down in a simple format. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, that same person, but she's just a bit more advanced in her journey. And it might end up being the same person, you know, who comes to my website in January and she's still coming to my website in November, who's gone through those phases. And then maybe she's looking at articles about, you know, more complex topics or specific meal timing articles or, you know, specific how to build like the how to make sure that you're getting the right amount of protein for your personal goals, right? She's advanced in her journey. And then also having um, recipes that suit her at that that specific level. Like maybe she's gotten a bit more comfortable in the kitchen and she's got more tools and she's okay to buy Harissa. That's a bad example, but (laughs) all I can think of right now. Um, So really like, I think that is kind of what you were mentioning. Like the, the big like, aha, like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to take this person through a journey on my website. And it's, it's kind of funny because, um, when I was, when I, even now, when I think about like, what is new stuff I'm going to put on, you know, as I mentioned a couple of times, I had run that uh, online program, an online nutrition program for about, um, five or six years. And it's still running in the background, even though I'm not taking, um, new members in it right now. And when I think about the way I built the content in that program, that's exactly what I did. It was like, you know, module one, module two, module three. So it's like taking those concepts and applying them, like being, okay, I'll write a blog post on that. I'll write, I'll make a, you know, a recipe that follows up on that topic or whatever it is. So it's kind of like taking that program and finding ways to include it, incorporate it onto my website to keep taking those people through that same journey. Uh, you know, and the same thing in my email, um, you know, like my automated sequences, like here are 10 lessons, like one, two, three, four, five, all the way to 10, you know, in that order. So just keeping that journey going so that people are still going through that journey, even though they're not officially going through a program, I can still try and meet the need of that person or, you know, solve the problem that that person's having, regardless of where they are on that journey with their health and their nutrition. 
I think that is such a key thing that we unlocked because it, you could have, like, we could have gotten to that place in that conversation and been like, well, you have two different audience members, so we can't really serve both of them. We're going to just choose one. But I think the important thing that we recognized is that, no, this person is actually the same person and has the same pain points. They just, like you said, are a little bit more like new to this awareness that they have this problem versus somebody who's more aware of the problem and is like actively working on it. And so for me, like that realization for you was so key because I think it helped you to almost compartmentalize your content in a way where it was like, okay, you know, X amount of posts that I have out of the the total are serving this person versus the rest of these posts are more for this person. And then I remember something else that we talked about was like, where are like the checkpoints in between that this person's going to naturally come to as they go through this journey. And so it became, I think for me, like watching you go through it was more like this is a linear journey that your audience is going through and we have like steps A, B, C, and D. And how are we going to serve that person all the way through step D? And then even you could you could argue like, how am I going to nurture that person when they're like fully in their nutrition journey, but nobody's ever like fully done with yeah. like that process. So it was just such a cool thing to like watch you go through and for us to kind of come to that conclusion together because I think more food bloggers have a similar like situation like that where their audience is on this journey than people realize. I think it's easier to recognize it with something like nutrition because it feels very like start and stop. But yeah. I think regardless of what, you know, somebody's content is, there's always some sort of core like struggle that you're trying to serve that audience in. And when there's a struggle, there's always going to be a journey with that struggle. And so I just loved going through that. And I think your explanation of like, you know, each phase of that process is really helpful for people to hopefully visualize and like recognize in their own content as well. Yeah, it's um, I, I can't actually remember the names that I gave them right now. But when I remember when I was doing the initial um, like personas with you, I was like, I have persona A and persona B and persona A is, you know, 31 and persona B is 42. And then when I was reading through like, their pain points and like what they were struggling with and why they were coming to my website. I was like, oh, that those pain points and what they're the solutions they're looking for are not exactly the same, but they're so similar. And I was like, persona A is persona B. She's just, you know, 10 years younger or whatever it is. So it's like, I want to, I mean, I feel like for a lot of people when they make their own, their blog or their website, they're like, want to provide something to the world that wasn't there when they were looking for information. And when I think about, I'm 30, I'm about to turn 39. And when I think about when I was like 27, 28, 29, like all of the things that I did, like when it comes to nutrition and even just like learning how to cook, I was like, oh, if I could just like help that person, like navigate through the fluff and the nonsense and like jump five or six years ahead. Do you know what I mean? So that she can move a little bit quicker along with her journey. And hopefully if persona B is whatever I said, 42 or whatever, and she didn't start it when she was 27 or 28, like I can get her up to speed and kind of cut same thing, cut through all the nonsense uh, without it feeling like overwhelming or difficult or complicated. Just like, let's get back to basics here, folks. So yeah, they're, they're the same person. They're just kind of at a different phase on that journey, like I said. Yeah, I love that. Um, so how has that impacted you? You kind of mentioned it a little bit, but 
how has that impacted just the way that you prepare content for your blog? Like, or even just going through this process of your redesign, like how has that shifted the type of content that you create, how you create it? Like kind of give us a little bit of a, a perspective on that because I know it's been a shift for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just think in terms of um, just from like when we were building the website at the beginning and I was thinking like, okay, what are the opt-ins that I want to offer? And, you know, like what are the email sequences I want to put people through just from like that without even getting to where I'm at now? It just made me get so specific and so tailored that I really feel like the, you know, I have a, for example, I have a, one of my opt-ins is a 10 days of free nutrition lessons and recipes. And again, like I said, it's just super layered out. And I get so many responses to those emails of people being like, wow, this is so structured, straightforward and simple. So it just makes me so like happy to know that like, okay, the persona that I'm talking to, I've really like taken a step back and I'm trying to speak to her specifically. Um, and then with the content that I, that I'm now producing, I'll tell you, like, I, like, um, we launched my website in December and it has been like highs and lows of being like, I am crushing it and being like, also like so overwhelmed with like, cause I'm just so excited to like do a great job. Do you know what I mean? Um, but at this point I just feel like I'm so much more clear on what I'm going to write about and what I'm not going to write about when it comes to nutrition articles and the type of recipes that I'm going to put out. Like it just, it's so easy for me to like now come back to that person. And, you know, I, I can look at the articles on my website and I'm still in the process of cleaning up some old ones that don't need to be there or they don't suit that person anymore. And I can really like look at the articles overall and be like, oh, like there's some gaps I need to fill, fill in here. Like, okay, we're, you know, we're, we can get this person started, but maybe I should write something about this topic because it's not totally clear. So it's really a lot easier for me in that sense, just to like really think about that journey and that persona and make sure that I'm filling the gaps, all of the gaps along the way, which I'm fortunate that I have the program. So I kind of have this like, I've done the work in that sense. It's not ready to go on a blog post immediately, but I can kind of fill in those gaps more easily, knowing exactly who I'm talking to and at what point on the journey I want to educate them on. Yeah. And that's one thing that we didn't mention earlier, specifically call out, I guess, is that your website, you do have kind of these two like silos of content. One, which is your nutrition tips and articles. And then the other, which is like your recipe content specifically, but those definitely overlap a lot. And like you were saying, each person, like each of your ideal audience can use a variation of those two things, depending on which part they are in the journey. Do you think the nutrition tips are more for like the person at the beginning of the journey or are there some that are also applicable throughout? Honestly, I'd say both. Like I have, um, I have some of the, like those, I have some like starter articles, so to speak that I call them. Like it's, you know, going through the fundamentals of like label reading, macronutrients, balanced meals, like just, you know, what is protein, what's carbs, like all those different things. Um, but because I have readers who have been like following my website for a long time, or who have done my pro I've people have done my program twice and like over the years when I was running it and they are just like hungry for information that I also have um them who are more advanced or on that spectrum so to speak that I can write articles to them that are a bit more tailored um to where they're at on their journey but what's interesting is there's so much overlap because the person at the beginning of their journey might still be interested in that more advanced article and they can like read it and absorb it, even though they might not implement it right away because they're not there yet, but they can just 
pick up all these pieces of the puzzle. And then maybe in six months from now or eight months from now, they might be like, oh, that's where this piece of the puzzle fit fits. And I, they actually know where to put it now where they didn't know previously. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's actually a lot of overlap and the same with the recipes, obviously. I think that just happens in general. Different people have different preferences. Um, but because I do have those two streams, it also, I also personally find it helpful when I'm trying, when I'm writing a, a post about a recipe and I'm saying, oh, I made this for this reason or that reason, I can link back to those articles to um, provide more context or further explanation. You know, like this is the protein source in this article. I don't know, I'm making up an example. And someone would be like, oh, what are more protein sources and go find them, right? Like, so it is helpful that way. Yeah, and again, I think this is like a unique thing that your site, like it's more black and white and like makes more sense with your site because of how it's structured. But something that I know that, you know, I've talked about before is that like all food bloggers have resources that they can share like this. Like they have articles, if you will, over just recipe content that are helpful to their readers. And I think, you know, the only reason it is a little bit more black and white for you is because you have these like two silos or like these two, like we even have like two different indexes for you that we created to help people really dive into what they're looking for. But I think no matter who's listening, like as a food blogger, you definitely have those resources that you can create to serve your audience on whatever part of their journey that they're on. We just, they just happen to be called something different on your site that makes it a little bit more like concrete, I think. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I, that I can add there is that, um, in a lot of my recipes, you'll see ingredients like, um, pasta, bread, butter, bacon, red meats, you know, like things that people have interpreted or believe are super unhealthy and you can't eat them if you're trying to air quotes, eat clean or whatever it is. So because I'm doing that, because my whole thing is about prioritizing whole foods and creating balanced meals, you know, and eating real food, those one ingredient items from a plant or an animal is the way that I like to explain it. You know, if someone comes to my website and they've written, you know, healthy banana blueberry muffins and they fall, they fall on my recipe page and, you know, it's all whole ingredients, but I'm using butter instead of olive oil or coconut oil or something that they think is healthier in that article, I'm also able to link in that recipe, rather, I'm able to link to an article, either dispelling that myth or providing more information. So yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's just like another thing that I'm able to do too, in terms of having those two silos. But like I said, there's so much overlap in them. Uh, So it is really helpful for me in trying to explain or convey what I'm trying to convey or teach what I'm trying to teach. And I think even that point that you just made is something that you do because you know your audience so well and you know that in their head they're going to have this objection of like, wait a second, that's not actually healthy. Like you can't use bacon and have it be healthy. And so you are like, you know, anticipating that objection for them and you are meeting them where they're at in that journey once again to help them understand. And I think, again, like this is just something that I think if you have the clarity on your audience and you are able to step into this spot of like, I am going to provide resources for my readers. Like any type of food blog can come at it with this like mentality of like, how can I create this resource center for my reader? How can I meet them where they're at and provide solutions? Whether your content is, you know, like completely like non-healthy, like sugary desserts, or it's on the other side of like nutritious recipes or whatever it is. 
yeah, just trying to like think about and they're questions that I had when I was persona A at the beginning of my journey, right? I'd be like, well, that can't be healthy because of this. But so trying to think about all of those things, especially when I'm creating recipes, like, let me explain this. Let me break it down. Let me create an article with cited sources so that they can, you know, we can try and dispel that myth so they don't go through that, you know, the 10 years of like, you know, detoxes, cleanses, nonsense. Like, let's just like, let's include all whole food. You'll be fine. Eat in a balanced way. That's my entire message. Right. And I love that just like so on brand for you as well. Like, like again, you've said it a couple of times, like the no nonsense approach. You're like, okay, I know you're going to think this is nonsense, but let me tell you why it's not. And yeah, right. <laughs> and I think that also just helps you to, because so many food bloggers get caught up in this, like, should I write something for SEO or should I write something for my audience? And like, there is a sweet spot where you can do both, but you have to know your audience really well. Otherwise you just get stuck in writing like useless things that Google tells you to write or some keyword research tool tells you to write. And you're like, does this really serve my audience? Like, I really don't know if it does. So I think that clarity for you and knowing your audience in that way, like had just has helped you so much to be able to truly create a resource center for them on your website, which you obviously know I'm super passionate about doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny. I actually have, um, when I, when I wrote most of my nutrition articles early on, like I said, no SEO strategy, totally just writing things that I wanted to write. So my approach at the beginning was just provide information. And now because I've read on my website and about this whole other business approach, it's like going back and being like, oh, how could I write that a little bit more for SEO while still getting the same message across? So the approach has changed a little bit, but regardless, I want that information out there. And even sometimes, you know, people will land on an article and, you know, I have one about what's the healthiest sugar. And basically the bottom line answer is like, there isn't one, they're all the same thing, like use whichever you want. And I'll get comments being like, well, that was a waste of time reading. And I'm kind of like, that's the point though. Like, I don't want you to think that you have to buy coconut sugar for $19.99 when you can just buy regular brown sugar or white sugar or cane sugar. Cause like, that's not where we get nutrition, right? Like, so that's yeah, funny. Yeah, I love that. So you kind of mentioned it, but and we've alluded to it a lot, but we obviously worked together on your new website and it was such a fun time to create it. Let's kind of paint the picture for people. What was your experience with website design before working together and kind of what led you to wanting to do this whole revamp? Yeah, my experience with website design before working with you was basically none. Um, so when I started uh, my business originally, like I said, in 2014, uh, someone I knew um, helped me make a super basic website uh, for $500 to sell my services in uh, my one-on-one -on -one services for people to come see me in the clinic or come see me in the gym. And it was just like a super simple blog and um, I would just post non SEO optimized content on there for many, many years. Uh, and it was just something that over the years, as I started to shift my business, sell my program, you know, become a little bit more blog SEO focused, a um, lot of plugins, a lot of just like, let's work with what I got. And it was really just me <laughs> doing things like, I think this is where a picture should go. I think this plugin will work. Uh, yeah. So it didn't really have a lot of background in that sense. Um, but yeah, I was very much, um, at a point in my business where I was like, I really want to go headfirst into 
quote unquote blogging, move away from the one-on-one coaching, move away from running my program. And for me, it was just like, if I'm going to do this and be serious about it, I need a really good infrastructure and I need to be starting with a really good foundation. And I don't have that yet. I don't ha- I did not have that. So for me, it was like, okay, this is a business investment. I want to bet on myself. I know that I can do this. And I was really excited about it. And I just said, all right, it's time. Let's do this. Yeah. And I remember when we first talked, you had that ad- the attitude about it. You were like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to get it done right. And, you know, I think for you, just we had to kind of break down a lot of things, maybe the way that you were doing them before just to be able to kind of rebuild it, you know, kind of the right way, but not just like right in the sense of like, there's only one way to do it, but right in the sense of your business was totally different before and you needed to build it like a food blog and not have it be like, oh, I have this other site and I put a food blog on the side of it. Like it needed to be primarily, you know, first and foremost, be a food blog that was designed in a way to really get your audience to where you wanted them to go. Um, what, I mean, I feel like for you, there's actually two things I would love for you to like share a little bit about, because I know one of the big things we talked about was Gutenberg because yeah. you weren't using that before. So what has that process been like of trying to adapt Gutenberg on top of like a new website and all of that type of stuff? Oh, I will say, actually say uh, that it's been fantastic overall. Uh, so yeah, like I said, my old website, there was no Gutenberg on there. I like kind of knew a little bit about SEO, but like not really. I had honestly, if I think about it, like, right, don't think about it, I'm well aware. Like I had kind of got lucky on some articles that were ranking and I was like, oh, I'm crushing it. Literally had no idea how to replicate it or how I did it. Um, so yeah, I remember on maybe like our first, maybe been the discovery call or even one of our first calls, you just kept saying Gutenberg. And I was like, I know I've heard this before and I think I'm supposed to know what she's talking about. So I was like, uh-huh. And then eventually you just said something like, oh, we'll just create some blocks for you and then you can just use them. And I was like, okay, just pause. Like, I don't know what this is. You're talking about blocks. Like I'm so confused. And uh, yeah, so at first I was like, what the heck is she talking about? Um, But honestly, using my website like that, using my website like that now, so much easier when you, when we launched my website, there were a couple things where you were like, go explore. If you don't get it, there are a couple things. I'm like, I think I'm like doing the block right, but it wasn't working out. You guys were so awesome and you helped me. And now I just like, it just, it's second nature and it makes total sense. And it's kind of like, why wasn't I doing this before? Uh, but yeah, when I look back, I'm like, yeah, she just kept saying Gutenberg. And I was like, mm-hmm, I don't really know what she's talking about. <laughs> well, and I think that's, you know, a great lesson for people who are listening that like, there are things that are going to come about in the process of redesigning your website where it's like, this feels new and it feels a little intimidating. I mean, just the entire new website is probably intimidating in a lot of ways, but it's like, if you're going to do it, you might as well go all in and sure. It's going to take a little bit more time maybe to learn it. Um, or at least like, you know, might not be an overnight shift of fully grasping how to use something like Gutenberg blocks, but if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. And so there's no point in building something new that's not the latest technology that is going to serve you going forward. Yeah, it's kind of like the the, cho- the my choice to say, okay, I'm going all in, I'm redoing my website and like I'm, I'm betting on myself. 
I kind of just decided, like, I knew, like, there's going to be so many things that come up that, like, I'm not going to know what how, how what they are. I'm not going to know how to do them. Like, everything from something like Gutenberg to even just recently, like, I feel like I have this amazing website and I'm like, you need to be honest and get with yourself and get better at SEO if you want to maximize this majestic beauty of a website that you built. So that's been my next like thing is okay, I really do dive deep into this and just being like honest with myself and being vulnerable and being like, you know what? It's okay that I'm not an expert in this. I'm not going to be an expert in anything. And like, if I have to take a little bit of a step back to take a massive step forward, then I'm okay doing that because it will pay off like tenfold as opposed to me just being like, kind of like pretending like I know what I'm doing and doing like, you know, like a mediocre job. I don't want to do a mediocre job. I want to do a really good job. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I actually think it's like, like I said, much better for me and my business in the long run. Yeah. It almost gives you the like encouragement or the push to like learn something new and do something different. And I think someone said a quote the other day that was like, you never, you never get better if you never change that type of mentality. Like if you always just do things the exact same way that you've done them, first of all, you'll never know like what you could be missing out on, but you probably aren't going to experience any like huge changes. So, you know, if you're cool with like where your food blog is at right now and you don't want to know like what's possible for it, like, cool, keep doing exactly what you're doing. But I know for food bloggers, like we are motivated by like growth and learning and, you know, all of those things. So I love that you were able to just like dive in and you definitely did. Like, I remember some of the conversations, some of the questions that you had, it was like, yeah, she is like going back to square one to make sure we do this right. So, um, you know, apart from, I think like the, the intense, like just mental work that you probably did, like, what would you say were like some of the other challenges in the design process or were there any? Uh, Honestly, like n- not to like pump your tires just because we're on your podcast, like the entire process with you and your team was like honestly amazing. It was so smooth. It was so seamless. Like you guys were asking questions like I never would have thought about. And I was like, right, okay, that makes sense. And it just made me, you know, as someone who had used their website to sell their program. And now I was like, oh, I'm using my website to promote my blog to make revenue that way. Like, it just like completely changed the way that I, that I was thinking about things. Um, and if anything, I think the most painstaking thing that I told you already for me to do was I really wanted to tra- change the the layout of my website in terms of like the categories and, you know, just make it a little bit easier for people to navigate to find the recipes that they wanted, which meant me going through hundreds of recipe posts to recategorize them, which led to a couple nights of very long hours so I could meet the deadline. But I was like, you know what? Once it's done, it's done. And I now I know it's so much easier for people to find what they need. And I'm able to, even though I even now have a couple of categories that are empty, not empty, but sorry, just aren't that plump. I'm like, okay, perfect. Now I know where I need to fit, what categories I need to fill in, right? It just actually makes things easier for me to like solve for. So yeah, overall great experience. Just like probably was like, oh, right. I have, there's more work for me to do here than maybe I thought that there was originally, but it's also very, it was very helpful for me. Like I had so many light bulb moments or be so many nights where I'd walk out of my office and be like, John, you have no idea. Like, like mind blown. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it's helpful to go through that process with somebody, you know, like we're helping guide you along that process because 
we know the steps that our clients have to take to get the results that they're looking for. And that's why, you know, not that every product is the same, but every project is going to have those same milestones. So we're going to say like, hey, this is a time where you need to like review your categories and figure out what you have. And during our strategy call, we always talk about like, what are the top categories for your site? And then that helps me to understand like what should be the, you know, prominent content that we're showing in certain places and all of that. So it's, it's a needed process to go through it. You know, again, we kind of have to like break down certain things to be able to rebuild them in a way. Um, you know, and it's, it's a lot of work for, for both sides of it. And I think it's just, it's fun and probably more fun to be able to go through it when you have like somebody who's like spurring you on and helping you to kind of get the results. Otherwise I can imagine people would just kind of stare and be like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not, not gonna do even, this. you don't know what you don't know. Right. Like, and like I said, there were so many things that you asked me about or you brought up and I was like, whoa, never would have thought about that. Right. So, you know, having someone redo my site that specializes in the food in food blogging was like, I was like, oh, this is super beneficial. Cause if I just picked someone random, like I wouldn't have known what to tell them and they wouldn't have known what to do. So yeah, would not have been a good match. Yeah, for sure. Well, like you said, you you just launched your new site just a couple months ago, right before the end of the year. And I would love to know, you know, apart from some of the things we've already mentioned, but like what have been some of the results that you've seen? Obviously we don't expect like some crazy change in traffic just two months later, but I know that you've had some other results that you were pretty excited about that I think everyone would love to hear as well. Yeah, I know the very first um, result that I got when I first launched it in December was an influx of emails of people just saying like an Instagram message saying how much they liked it. I mean, we haven't even really touched on it. But another thing was me redoing my branding, uh, which was so out of date. And it's just so much more me, the colors, like everything um, in terms of the, the design of the logo and everything. And people just I, like I said, I have people who have been following my website for a really long time. And that was the first thing they were just like, wow, it's so much clearer to navigate. I can find things more easily. It's just not as clunky, right? It was clunky before for lack of better description. Uh, and yeah, as a, as a health and wellness nutrition website, the, um, new year's always a big time for my website. So looking back on last year, I've seen page views go up. I've seen time on site go up. Um, and yeah, I just feel like so, set up for growth, like know exactly what I'm doing, where I'm going. And I'm like, okay, what I'm doing is working. And that also just feels really good to know like, okay, you're doing the right thing. You're headed in the right direction. I love too, that you've had this experience of investing and you, you mentioned a couple of times, like you've invested in yourself, but I also think something that maybe you didn't quite recognize is you've also invested in your audience in providing them something, not only that is like a, a great resource, but is easy to use because you could have the most amazing content in the world and you do have amazing content, but if nobody can find it or nobody can navigate it, or they're so annoyed within the first two seconds of being on your site that yeah. they leave, it's no use to anybody. And so I think you've done a great job in both investing in yourself and both and investing in your audience to provide them something that they can, that's accessible to them, right? Like it's not just this amazing information that you're keeping to yourself. Like you are providing it to them in a way that it can actually help them and serve them, which I love. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point. Actually, I remember when we when I launched my site, I really presented it as like, I have a gift for you guys. And I remember like, I tagged you in my Instagram post. I mean, like they made this for us. Like, I'm the one doing it. And obviously, it's my business and I own it and all of those things. But yeah, like the content I put out is 
for other people, right? So yeah, I really feel like the investment and the website is not just for me or about me, it's for them too. So yeah. Yeah. And I think you've mentioned too, that 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 really has changed and shifted the way that you just look at what you're putting out there, because now you have it so clear in your mind, like who this is for and why you're providing it. And again, like going back to what I said earlier about like the SEO content, like you now have just a really clear boundary and guideline of like what content is going to serve your reader. And you don't have to worry about feeling like you need to create the content that's outside of that like little box. I mean, it's a big box. There's lots of content possibilities for you, but you know, it's just, it really helps to like give you blinders in the best way possible to keep your focus on what you're trying to do with your website and to serve your people. Oh yeah, absolutely. And another thing I'll mention, I didn't mention just from a business perspective, the new site and the new layout and everything has helped my RPMs go up for my ad revenue. So from a business perspective, that's also been incredible. Yeah. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Well, is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up? And I'll definitely make sure people can go and follow along with you because I personally love your Instagram stories and love going to your website for recipes now too. I appreciate that so much. No, honestly, it's been so lovely chatting with you. And like I said many times, an absolute pleasure working with you and your team. So can't thank you enough. Awesome. Well, why don't you go ahead and share, you know, where people can follow along with you. And, you know, I know if they want to connect with you um, to find out more about your experience kind of offline, I'm sure that they would be able to do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is knutrition.com. So K-A-Y being my last name, nutrition.com. And then all of my social media handles are Stephanie K Nutrition. So you can find me there. Awesome. Well, thanks again for chatting. It's been just so fun to stay connected after your project and just to continue to see amazing results for you and just hear how it's going in your business. So thanks again for coming on today. Thanks. Appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.